Canada is often celebrated as a country of multiculturalism, and across the hundreds of ethnicities that make up our diverse population, 15% of Canadian immigrants come from the Philippines. Although we're quick to congratulate new immigrants on their successful arrival, the difficulties surrounding the process to get here are often overlooked. After a year, I have a, I have a letter that they are asking me to provide more documents. We were not sure po na how to do it. Like uh, we're not getting legal um, legal aid or like a consultant about it. But our situation as parents, being away from your children, leaves a huge emotional effect. We cry every night. In this week's episode of Pinoy Nation, we sit down with three Filipino immigrants to learn more about making the decision to leave their homeland and their experience within Canada's immigration system. Hello and welcome. I'm Eden Tbebe, and you're listening to Pinoy Nation, an Omni News podcast made for Filipinos by Filipinos. Thank you for joining us each week as we share the accomplishments, challenges, and everyday stories of the Pinoy diaspora in Canada and beyond. A lack of job prospects, the promise of a better life, or just searching for a new adventure abroad, there are so many reasons why someone might want to leave their home country, but the experience of leaving is never easy and the process of settling into your new home is even harder. The most common way for immigrants to stay here in Canada is through permanent residency. According to Immigration Canada, permanent residency is defined as a person's legal resident status in a country or territory of which such a person is not a citizen, but where they have the right to reside on a permanent basis. The process to get your permanent residency, or PR, can be complicated, with dozens of pages to fill out asking for very specific documents and information. Though the majority of applicants in Canada do get approved, those who make a mistake, like withholding essential information or not being able to submit all their documents on time, can face a painful and often life-changing rejection. It happened to Carlo Escario, a 36-year-old frontline healthcare worker whose deportation story sparked a viral online movement to hashtag Keep Carlo in Canada. Carlo left the Philippines in 2007 and became a permanent resident here in Canada just three years later. With a background in healthcare, he began working as a live-in caregiver before eventually joining the team at Toronto General Hospital. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit in March of 2020, he began serving on the front lines, caring for COVID-19 patients in the ICU. His trouble with the IRCC didn't actually begin until his PR application was rejected in 2013, nearly six years after it was first approved. It turns out Carlo had failed to declare that he was married and had a child back in the Philippines, a misrepresentation under Canada's immigration law that requires deportation upon discovery. Not, we're not really sure. I wasn't sure what it, to put uh, at the time when I was applying to Canada. It was confusing and we didn't have anyone to help us in that matter, a legal aid or consultant. Carlo says he met his now estranged wife and found out she was pregnant months after he had already applied for his work permit to come to Canada. Scared that updating his application would further delay its processing time, he chose to keep the life update to himself instead. I admit that I made a mistake. I didn't declare my wife and daughter, but I face consequences, whatever it may be. If they want to remove me, I'll do that because I still want to be given a chance to come back to Canada and live my life here. With his immigration status revoked, Carlo began to do whatever he could to avoid having to leave. 
but during the height of Ontario's third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic, he received news of his deportation date. To be honest, I'm not sure what my life would be in the Philippines. If I go back, I'm not thinking about it yet because for now, I'm giving all out here while I'm here in Canada. I'm giving all out. What can I do to stay here? I would really be devastated. I'm picturing myself back in the Philippines. I would be... It's hard for me to get a job, and it's hard for me to get back from the start because I've been treating Canada as my... I've been living here for half of my life. I'm not familiar with how it is in the Philippines. Like I said, I'll be back from the start if I go back to the Philippines. Having already received his first shot of the vaccine and knowing the Philippines was already struggling to secure doses for its own residents, Carlo began to petition immigration authorities to delay his deportation until he could receive his second shot, a fight championed by Monica Devera and Carla Villanueva, two Filipino-Canadians who came across Carlo's story online. The pair decided to start a social media campaign to help Carlo in his fight, and so the hashtag KeepCarloInCanada was born, with thousands of people from the Filipino community across Canada tweeting to show their support and garnering nearly 50,000 signatures on a Change.org petition. But despite that powerful social media movement, the morning of May 13th came with no good news. So Carlo packed his bags and headed to Toronto Pearson Airport for his flight back to the Philippines. But just before he could board his flight, Carlo received a phone call that changed his life. I was shocked because less than an hour before I checked in, I received that call. I'm happy. I'm jumping with my family outside the terminal. The call was from an immigration officer telling him that his deportation had been successfully pushed back. And though he was overjoyed at that news, Carlo knew his fight to stay in Canada was far from over. I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel thankful for everyone who have supported me from the start, since my story came out in public. I'm very thankful for you guys who supported me. And with this, at least I could get what I want, the second dose of COVID vaccine. Of course, I'm still hoping I can stay in Canada longer. Based on my case, I must be removed from Canada, but I want to come back here and live my life. Again, really, thank you to everyone who supported me. A pre-removal interview with the Canadian Border Services Agency was set for June 23rd, just enough time to receive a second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine before being sent back to the Philippines. In the weeks leading up to the interview, Carlo left no stone unturned, talking to community members and meeting with lawyers to try and figure out how he could turn his delayed deportation into something more permanent. The proposed solution? A temporary resident visa. Uh, With that, yeah, I can stay. I can With that, I can say I can work legally here in Canada temporarily. I'm not sure how many months or years they're going to give to me. I'm hoping for a positive result on my temporary resident permit application. At least with that, I can gain status here. I'm still waiting and I'm hoping that Minister Marco Mendicino will grant my, with the people requesting also about his discretion, under humanitarian compassionate grounds, to give back my permanent residency status here in Canada. That's all that I'm hoping for now, and lots of prayers. In the end, those prayers did pay off. On June 23rd, Carlo met with the CBSA and successfully delayed his deportation once again, this time pushing it to August 5th. In what he calls a deja vu series of events, Carlo heard nothing from immigration for weeks. So on the morning of August 5th, he packed his bags, said his goodbyes, and headed off to the airport again. Just an hour before his flight back to the Philippines was set to take off, his phone rang. It was a call from Scarborough Member of Parliament Salma Sahid, someone who had been advocating for his cause from the very beginning, with a message to head to the airport CBSA office. When I got to the CBSA office, um, 
When I got there, the CBSA officer said my flight was delayed. It was originally supposed to fly at 10.55, and they said it's delayed for about an hour. With that, I was given hope, like we have time, another extra hour to advocate for my campaign. Then I came out again. They told me to come back after half an hour. I was praying the whole time inside that office. Lord God, answer my prayers. Let me get approval for my temporary resident permit. When Mambi called me that my flight was cancelled, she first said my flight is cancelled, which is I'm not sure about the details yet. I sent some happiness and then she followed up in 15 minutes. She said the details of it. Carlo, you're a very lucky person that you have a lot of people supporting you. Which is, yeah, I am really, really thankful. How am I going to thank them? Which is my temporary resident permit got. Yeah, I really feel like it's a new life, a new beginning for me. I was so happy. All our efforts and work that we put, it was because of my supporters, our prayers. It was a result of that. I feel like I was given a new life here in Canada, a chance to live it better. A better life is one of the most common reasons people immigrate to a new country, more often than not for the well-being of not just themselves, but of their family, husbands, wives, grandparents, and kids. Meet Alan Ganoan and his wife, Rosalie, a Filipino couple who struggled to reunite with their four children in the Philippines. Alan was the first member of his family to come to Canada through Manitoba's Provincial Nominee Program, a process that allows people with specific skill sets to apply for permanent residency. Our documents were then processed under the Manitoba's Provincial Nominee Program in 2018. When it was approved, I was able to fly to Canada, September of 2018. Due to my uh, provincial nomination, I was able to sponsor my wife with an open work permit who came a week after. We're also a huge family. I have four kids. When I came here, my company covered all my bills until I was able to stand on my own feet. Now, if we all came together, it would have been harder to manage the situation. That is why we decided to let my wife follow and leave the kids so she can also help save and we can financially prepare when the kids come. But like I said, since we were all under the same application, they're included in the nomination and I can sponsor them. Their family plans quickly changed when the pandemic hit in March of 2020 and Canada's first travel restrictions were announced. The federal government quickly closed its borders to non-citizens and non-residents. And when federal services started to shut down too, the processing of immigration applications came to a near standstill. March 2020 was when we completed the processing based on the toolbar in our GCK account. I was able to complete all the requirements upon submission. They did request additional documents like the medical and NBI or police clearance since I have a son who's uh, 20 years old at the time. They asked for my pay stub too. Those were the additional documents they requested aside from the required upon submission of the application. PR applications typically take 6 to 12 months to be processed, but considering the pandemic, Alan and his wife understood there would probably be significant delays with their application. But after waiting more than a year to be approved and spending three years away from their kids, Alan and his wife began to lose hope. 
naiintindihan ko yung mga taong I do understand uh, those who think that we are being impatient and why not just wait but our situation as parents being away from your children leaves a huge emotional effect we cry every night longing for them and I know it affects them even worse my youngest son was still a small boy when his mom left he was holding on to her leg not wanting to let go now he's grown up time spent away from your children will never be replaced by the money you're earning or all the material things you offer them they need the care and presence of their parents you ask why we moved to canada it's all for them not us if we chose to stay here without any plans of taking our children with us that's abandoning our family i hope people will understand getting permanent residency status here in a country like canada is such a great opportunity for my children this is all for them not for us it's not that we don't like the philippines anymore but because we need to do this to offer them a better future it hurts every time they ask how's the status of our papers papa why can't we come there yet and i can't give them an answer sometimes we deal with depression when i come home from work i check my rear view mirror and imagine my kids sitting at the back seat i imagine going out with them visiting places i always think of them what they're doing when i ask them they tell me they're fine but it hurts me all we ask from the government and the ircc is to give attention to us who are left in this situation hundreds of people were separated from loved ones due to immigration delays during the pandemic but according to alan the worst part of it all was being left in the dark Every time I follow up with IRCC through phone call or web form, we always get the same generic answer, like what's provided in our GC key account. We don't get any specific reply on what's causing the delays. Although it is possible that the pandemic may be a factor for the delay on our end, we submitted all the required documents on time. Three months passed after we sat down with Alan before hearing from him again. And when he reached back out, he was excited to share some great news. When I got the confirmation email, I didn't tell my wife right away because I knew how she'll react. I picked her up from work. We headed home and I told her, love, our application has been approved. Her initial reaction, shocked. She thought I'm joking. I hugged her and said, this is it. We were just happy at the time. It's like we were on cloud nine. We don't know how we'll share the news to the kids. So I first told my eldest son and then I called them through Facebook Messenger. Unlike before, I now had answers to their questions. I know how hard it is for them to wait that long. Even if they don't say it, I can feel their pain. But now, that's done. And we're just really, really happy. It's the kind of conclusion you're always hoping for, but unfortunately, not everyone's immigration story has a happy ending. Loretta Hope, whose name we've changed to protect her identity, remains undocumented in Canada. 
I came here as a live-in caregiver uh, last 2012, and my plan is to to have my permanent residency because I want my family to be here, especially my son. Hope left the Philippines when her son was only two years old to build a better life for him abroad. Fast forward nine years later, and Hope says she never stops thinking about all the years she missed out on watching him grow. Well, it's very hard to be away. Although I'm always like, I'm always uh, out of the country since 2006 because I work I work uh, as a domestic helper for how many years? But then uh, being away with family, it's really very hard. But when I I came here in Canada, I dream of like getting my family to come here too, so that you know, uh, I want to uh, have a family and to be with my family. Since uh, um, when I I work as a domestic helper, my son is just only two years old, and since then. I, I've never been with him. So when I came here, my dream was to, you know, to to fight all my uh, homesick homesickness and everything, the hardships. It, it's very hard though, but then I have to, you know, to to go on and then to file my my permanent residency. Hope began to gather the necessary information to process her PR application as soon as she became eligible, most of which needed to come from the Philippines and other countries she had worked or lived in in the past. In Hope's case, she did manage to get all those supporting documents, just not in time. After a year, I have a, I have a letter that they are asking me to provide more documents, but beyond my control, I didn't provide that and the time that they have de- they have given me. So after after a year of that letter, I got what they want me to send them. But then they that's the time I also received the refusal letter. So I have to extend my permit, open permit, just to resent my application, but then due to the refusal, they refuse again my open permit. They, re- they refuse it because of uh, not giving them the document that they ask, which is not beyond my control. I cannot provide like right away because that documents, it's very hard to get it. Like I'm, I must, uh, there are countries that they cannot, like it's not easy to take to to get the um, police clearance. So one of those country I've been is really hard. If you don't know, like anyone who will do that the clearance for you. It's a complicated situation many new immigrants find themselves in. You leave your home, everyone, and everything you've ever known to work and travel abroad to gain experience and save money before finally being able to qualify for PR in the country of your choice, only to realize the supporting documents you'll need to gather are tricky to get a hold of when you're already abroad, especially if you're doing it alone. 
para ma ano ka. If you're in the live-in caregiver program, you have to complete 24 months of work to be eligible for PR. That's Maria Sol Pajadura, chairperson at Migrant Canada, an organization that advocates for Filipino migrants' rights. We gave her a chance to look over Hope's files to get an expert's opinion on what went wrong with her application. You must pass your criminal in admissibility and medical, one of which is what they describe Hope's situation, that if you haven't complied with criminal admissibility because your criminal check from another country was delayed. There are many caregivers when they go here from another country like Dubai or Middle East, they lost contact with their friends that could help them get police checks wherever they came from. I think that's what happened with Hope. Unfortunately, Maria says Hope's situation isn't unique. In fact, it's all too common. The key to getting these documents in time is by making sure to keep in touch with contacts and friends in those respective countries, people who could help you out in times like these. But when your primary focus is making enough money to survive while also having enough to send some back and provide for family back home, making friends isn't something many people have time to do. And when it comes to the confusion around just how long Hope had to submit her documents, Maria stresses the importance of getting a licensed professional's help when filling out legal paperwork like this, a sentiment echoed by June Solidares, a licensed immigration paralegal and student at law. Whether it be to save time or money, Saldarez says that many immigrants end up in situations like hopes because they choose to undergo the PR process alone. Or majority of them are, they do it by themselves. You know, nangyayari. That's the problem na nangyayari. Eh. Especially this one. I'm reading the, the facts that he, uh, she took, uh, it was like, uh, like one year after when she was able to provide the additional documents. So I'm thinking if you're doing it by yourself, if there was somebody who was with you, you would know those documents already. So, you know, before you submitted your application, more or less they are complete, you know? So I was wondering on, on this scenario, uh, it took her another year to produce that additional document that caused the refusal of the application. Had there been somebody who is competent and knowledgeable about the procedure, so probably uh, within that period, you know, na-apply niya yung live-in caregiver. Uh, she become probably a PR now. Shortly after her residency rejection, Hope did eventually consult with an immigration lawyer who recommended she apply for an open work permit while waiting for her supporting documents to come through. Unfortunately, that process didn't go as planned either. I tried my best to like extend or and extend my open permit for me to reapply but then for some reasons they refuse again because of the refusal of my previous permanent residency application it's very very sad because like being here working here and doing not not doing any illegal things and then well Number one is you're paying taxes and you're just working hard just to get your family here. I feel I'm so sad and it's really, it's really very, I don't know. But with my friends and um, with the help of my friends, they gave me strength, they gave me hope to to do whatever I can just to stay here and fight for the application that I have. Too ashamed to go back home empty-handed to her now teenage son nearly 10 years after leaving him in the Philippines, 
Hope says she's now appealing for permanent residency under humanitarian and compassionate grounds, her final shot at staying in Canada legally. Thank you for joining us today on Penguin Nation. You can subscribe to the show and stream the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Links to everything we discussed in today's episode will be available in the show notes. Don't forget to follow Omni Television on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates on the podcast. Pinoy Nation is an Omni News production and part of the Frequency Podcast Network, produced by Eden Tbeba and Nanta Garavi. Andrew McKay is our executive producer, and I'm your host, Eden Tbeba. Until next time, I'm Samuel Lee.